You're listening to Gibraltar Stories, a podcast in which I hope to share some fascinating stories connected to Gibraltar. My name's Lindsay Weston. I've been living here in Gibraltar for almost 10 years, and during that time I've discovered more and more about this tiny and very special place. Its history, its people, famous visitors, and its role in important events on the world stage. For a steep limestone cliff with an area of just 6.8 square kilometres jutting out into the Strait of Gibraltar, it has a lot of stories to tell. This skull, Darwin held it in his hands and he he talked about the, the magnificent Gibraltar skull. And so it was almost complete, so it was almost giving people an idea of what these people were like and the, how different they were from us. The, the strategic position always matters in terms of how um, others view Gibraltar and the interest that can be gained out of control of, of, of the place. I say it's a microclimate within a microclimate. A microclimate is when you get small changes in a short space and you know Gibraltar itself we know is very different from like Spain it never gets quite as hot as nearby Spain or Morocco never gets quite as cold in the winter there's only been one time that there's ever been an air frost that's been recorded I arrived here and I looked at uh, Marina Bay and I went ah now that's where my the, the, the murderer's yacht is moored and that's where that so and so that flat over in Neptune house um, that's exactly, and that's the wrong way, and that's where the chase takes place. So it's wonderful. Hello, and welcome to episode six of the Gibraltar Stories podcast. This week, I'm focusing on cybersecurity. Gibraltar these days is home to a growing number of internet-based businesses. Gaming companies, fintech firms and others have come to the rock in recent years. This means that cybersecurity is a big concern locally, and one school teacher has seized on this opportunity to get more young people considering this as a career option. Head of Physics at Bayside Comprehensive School for Boys, Stuart Harrison, first took a team to the Cyber Centurion competition at Bletchley Park, the home of the Codebreakers, five years ago. Since then, his teams have gone on to reach the finals and even to win. They've shown that although it may be small, Gibraltar can certainly compete at the highest level. Well, the Cyber Centurion is a competition on cybersecurity that's been set about five years ago now to try and get children to take up careers in the, in the, in the field. There's a massive uh, skills gap. There are many, many jobs available. And it's almost like, I won't say panic, but there is, there is a serious issue with not, people just not having the skills to tighten up cybersecurity when it comes to governments and banks, stuff like that. And then you've got, then obviously you look at it from a threat point of view. You look at North Korea and China, Russia... And you look at politics, you look at election hackings, you look at everything else and you're thinking it's quite a, a serious deal. So it is a massive issue that both private and public sector uh, departments have got and they're trying their best to try and fill as quick as possible. And of course it's uh, important to Gibraltar as well because we have quite a few new online industries here, haven't we, with gaming and fintech and various things too? We've got, look, again, Gibraltar's economy is now fairly based upon, again, what we said, fintech and gaming companies and stuff like that. So, in reputation-wise, I think reputation is everything. And then you look at the companies that have been hacked in the past, like TalkTalk Talk and, and other big, big scandalous hacks, 
your reputations, everything. So if Gibraltar wasn't seen to be safe in terms of tech, well, then you can't expect the companies to come here and set up companies because there will be no, no trust. And once reputation is gone, it's hard to build again. So again, you look at many companies and look at governments and stuff that's happened in the past, you can see why this is so, so important at quite a high level. So what have you been doing here in Gibraltar to engage the young people and get them interested in this kind of thing? Well, it started about four years ago with an email that I can't find anymore, um, just inviting children to, to take part in basically a problem-solving um, exercise. And there was a competition, and we didn't know much about it, but I gathered seven, seven students, and we just, we, just, we just had a go. Some of them were quite good in IT in general, just general skills, and we actually got to the finals that first year. So we ended up attending the grand finals in Bletchley Park, we didn't do very well, and that annoyed me because I, can't, I couldn't accept the fact that these, that, other tru- that these students seem to be much better prepared than mine. So that put me on a journey of how do we get our kids to the same levels that we, that we were seeing. The benchmark was set, and we were below benchmark, and I was determined to, to raise the bar. So once that went public, then we started getting help from private, private sector companies that wanted to help the children, to want to teach them the skills, teach them how to get good at cybersecurity. So that's where, that was really the game changer, where private sector people started to actually teach our students what they do on a day-to-day basis on how to, be, how to do cybersecurity. So, and then since then, it's just gone leaps and bounds because then that, that second year, we actually won it. So that got very, many people actually very excited about it. So obviously, the fact that it was winning a successful project was starting to, to evolve. Suddenly, more people jumped on board. So more private sector companies are offering money, offering computers and offering hardware. More kids wanted to get involved. The girls then heard about it, and they wanted in as well, which was fantastic. Because obviously, being an old boys' school to get girls, I thought it was really important to get girls in this, in this, this thing as well. So it just started to evolve and get bigger and bigger and bigger, where everybody who has an interest in cybersecurity suddenly wanted to, to help, help the project out because obviously you could probably see that if, we start, if they start teaching children now, they'll probably engage them into taking careers in the future, and that is exactly what this is all about. Yes, and, and you built on that success, though. And last year, I believe, you had three teams from Gibraltar in the top ten. Is that right? Yeah, then last year... So the year before, I'll, t- I'll tell you why that was so significant, because we won it. You're looking now in the fifth years. We've got four years. The first year, we got to the finals. Second year, we, we won it. Then the third year... The competition rules were the top 12, and we got 11th and 12th place. Then they changed the rules to top 10, so both my teams didn't get through. So that was really infuriating, and the kids were so devastated, and they were really hurt that they couldn't believe the fact that they were so close, but yet, because the rules had changed, they found it very unfair, and children find, if something is unfair, a child will tell you, again, there's no... No, they, they're very clear on what is right, what is wrong. They saw that being really wrong. So that just, just revved them up. And it revved them up to a point where they said they prepared so well and they, they worked so hard the next year, which was about year, year, you're talking about year four now, where we got the three teams we were in the top ten, including the best all-girls all team. So again, that was, that was an amazing achievement, not only because of the three teams itself, but what happened the previous year and that what we felt was a massive injustice to go back the following year and come back with three teams. Out of the ten teams, three were from Gibraltar. We ended up having the chief minister and the governor attending the finals with us. So the entourage was, was quite big, along with all of these Jewitarian children. So again, the, we made a massive impact that year when it came down to the competition. So yeah. Absolutely. So they, they weren't going to be beaten, were they? They weren't going to be beaten. No, just 
just to get there again. In the end of the day, if you look at what we're punching above our weight, massively, you know, this is it's like everything. You look at the Gibraltar Football Association, the same thing. You t- you cannot again. We're a pool of thirty thousand people, and you can only pick your team from thirty thousand people. So with the cyber, I'm exactly the same boat. I can only g- get children who are in the comprehensive system. You then you go to UK. And there are millions of people there. So imagine the, 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 the talent pool or the amount of people, the probability of having somebody having been good at this is much better than, than here in Gibraltar. So to be at the same level as a country as big as UK and to compete with, again, to beat them will be very difficult because, again, there are geniuses. And you look at these grammar schools and these private schools and they've got cyber clubs. Again, we can't, it's hard to compete. But to be up at the same level, I think, is 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 amazing. So, so have you seen then these students who you've brought through this competition go on and and go further in this kind of line uh, line of business for their career? Yep. So this is and I'm I'm in the fifth year. So the team that won it, they were 18 years old. So in the last year of school, out of those. One of them is reading, or about four of them reading computer science. Um, one of them has been offered, got an internship with Apple, um, specifically in cybersecurity, last summer. And it was, what made him cut above the rest was the work he'd done here with, with me. So I think he was up against 300 candidates from all over different universities in the UK, and he ended up being in the top 50, and then actually got picked as being one, one of the three Apple interns. And his, his role was security. And his dad called me up, I had a chat, and he said, look, it was the work you did with him that gave him the edge, because everyone there was the same, everyone was degree, degree, was an undergrad, so everyone at great universities, and everyone was obviously the same, because they all went similar universities, similar courses, all the same, and what gave him the edge was the fact that in Gibraltar he had done his work in cyber, that the rest hadn't. Wow. And then we also had two boys um, do interns in the EY, cybersecurity centre, up, up in Madrid, that was last summer, so again, I think they spent almost like two months uh, up there again, just being interns. But again, it was based upon the work that they've done here and the, the, we caught the attention of, of EY and then they came in and so said, there's talent, we want to get it. So they, they, got, they picked two of the best kids that I had and they seemed to be quite impressed. Again, I'm, I'm sure they'll probably get more interns and more offers and probably kick off careers in that field. So Brilliant, so it bodes well for the future, not only of the children, but also of, of all the, uh, the online industries that we've got here too. Well, it makes, it makes, it makes everything relevant. Because lots of children, especially the girls more than the boys, if they don't see it worthwhile, they won't do it. Again, they don't want to waste the time. There's so many options out there. So the fact that, that what they do here actually counts towards potential, potential careers, potential jobs, potential qualifications, then it makes it extremely relevant. It's no longer fun. Although it is fun, don't get me wrong, we have loads of fun. But the fact that apart from having the fun, it's going to help them for the future and prepare them, well then it makes it even, even more attractive. To the point where parents want the kids to come, the kids, unfortunately, not everyone's interested. They're like, I don't want to go to this. I don't, I'm not particularly interested, which is absolutely fine because not everyone's going to like this. But the parents are seeing the benefits of it more than what the kids are. Yeah, they can see the potential. <laughs> they can see the, the fact that in the next five, ten years, there'll be loads of jobs out there. You're looking at, at your kids' future. You're looking at what will my son or daughter do in the future. You're looking, looking at the world. And again, if you're working in law firms and, and accountancy firms, and stuff like that, you can see what, what, what's coming. You can see the way that legislation is changing. You've got now GD, GDPR, which has a massive aspect on securing data. You start looking at the way things are evolving. 
and the jobs are gonna. They, we have to get the jobs in people into those jobs in those places. So again, this becomes even even more relevant as time goes on. This is obviously something you're incredibly passionate about. What what is it about this this line of business or you know this way of learning that has just grabbed your imagination so much? What's grabbed it so much, I think, is the way the kids are reacted to it. Because obviously, I'm a physics teacher, and I, I love what I, I teach in, in school from 9 to half past 3, and then obviously I work outside school. But this has got these, these kids engaged more than ever. It's to their benefits as well. I'm looking, I'm thinking, this, the work that I'm doing, although I find it very fun, it's good for them. They're going to benefit from this. It's not just, I'm not, we're not babysitting, we're not entertaining. We're actually preparing these kids for, for, for their future. So as a teacher, to see the, these children potentially because of the work done here with me and my other teachers and the, and the private sector, then, and you see what, what their future, we're going to help mould their future to have a better future, again, more than, better than mine. They'll probably end up making more money than me, have a bigger house than me, have a better car than me. And that's absolutely fine. That, that's, that's an amazing thing to look at that in five, ten years' time and think I, was, I had a small part to play in, in how well this child has achieved. Then that makes it all the worthwhile. This seems like an opportune moment to hear from a couple of the Cyber Centurion students themselves. I'm Owen, I'm 13. I'm James, I'm 13. Okay, so you take part in Mr Harrison's Cyber Security Club. Um, what attracted you to it or it to you? Uh, when we first came for the trip for Bayside, um, Mr Harrison was one of the teachers talking in the front of our entire school and I thought that the cyber security sounded very interesting and something I wanted to do. I joined as well. I was kind of trying to push both of us to do it, maybe get some friends to do it and make it quite a fun activity to do as like a team. Is this the kind of thing that maybe you would be interested outside of school? Are you very techie at home? Oh yes, definitely. Very, very techie. It's my main pastimes. Yeah, probably. I use a lot of technology at my house. And uh, what, what do you get out of the club? Uh, you figure out a lot more about how to use your computer, how different operating systems work everything about the security, how hackers would get into your system. Is it something that you might consider as a career going forward? Definitely, definitely, yes. Very interesting and fun career to pursue. And there's many different opportunities that you could pursue, ethical hackers and security-based careers. I guess the world's your oyster now that you've got this knowledge behind you. Yeah, yeah. So how's the competition been? Because you, you've taken part in the competition already uh, in the Cyber Centurion. How did you find it going against other teams of, of kids your age and older? It's very competitive because there's other teams in Gibraltar that are doing it at our age as well and we keep up the competition with them as well. It's been very fun and it's been a great team-building support activity to pursue and take part in. So would you consider recommending it to, to other, other people who are coming up in your, in your wake? Yeah. Definitely, yes. 100%. 100%. During the competition, Stuart says they discovered being from Gibraltar put them at a disadvantage, but they were undeterred. It gave them the fighting spirit they needed to come back even stronger. After we completed the first year round, we didn't do great in the finals, but again, we, got, I got a, we all got a sense of what it was and, and the hunger came from there. Then they called me up and they said that there's a few spaces in, in, a, in a space camp in Texas run by one of the, the, the competition sponsors. And if we were interested, oh my God, I'd love, I had, and at the time, 
I had uh, kids who love physics and love space and stuff like that, and not looking to do astrophysics in A-level physics. I think, oh my God, this is an amazing, amazing thing. So I thought this is going to be amazing. Yes, I'd, I'd, I'd love to for even just one of my kids. And so, but I didn't tell them. And I'm glad I didn't tell them because then they called me up the next day. So look, we're really sorry, but the sponsors said they'd rather have a UK school kids go than, than Gibraltar school. And that hurt. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. That wasn't nice. So see, I, I can understand why. Because obviously the whole point of sponsorship is, the whole point of the sponsors was obviously to encourage more kids and obviously offering that those places to a Gibraltar school, I get you won't get the right the, the exposure which you were wanting from offering uh, summer camp space camp placements in in the states. I I, I can understand, but it still hurt the same. So, well, my kids deserve the same as any other kids. So why you're you're stopping me from going? Not because we're not so good or whatever. You're stopping because of the location I'm at, and it's not beneficial to what you intend to do with that sponsorship although I understood and I can understand that I look at it I can understand from a commercial point of view why you would do that but it wasn't nice and it wasn't fair and I think that's the rev. then I told actually I told the kids the day before the finals it's about year two now the day before the finals I said look I can tell you something you know, I like this I've got to tell you this happened with these guys and that just got them fired up right we're going to win this now we're going to go over and we're going to show them that although you don't let me go on your space camp we're going to win this competition. We're going to win the front page of every single, every one of your sponsorship little papers. And we're going to show that that we should have gone to space camp because we are as good as anybody else. So that was the story behind that one. Do you think that makes you more determined, though, being kind of the underdog and having a, a much smaller pool of students to, to draw the talent from? Do you think that's perhaps one of your strengths almost? I think being the underdog, obviously, you have nothing to lose, no? And that's quite a cool place to be like like you're, you're fearless because you have nothing to lose right? you, you, like we're going to go for it at the end of the day no one's expecting us to win anything so therefore by going all out we have nothing to lose no? but then again I look at it and I'm thinking I'm looking I'm hearing people's comments and obviously many conversations with the people who also get involved in this competition in the UK and the setup that we have in Gibraltar is, is better than, than, than theirs and it's because of Gibraltar itself. The location of Gibraltar is so small. For instance, we obviously said before we got these, we got Richard, Hossa and Lewis who come from, 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 from Bewin. They, it's, it's, it's a 15-minute walk for them. So again, it's not out of the way. Now you think about UK. Where's a school and where is the office of a certain company base? You're looking at half an hour to an hour's drive. You're looking at traffic. You're looking, it's a massive inconvenience. So the fact Gibraltar is so small has allowed us to sort of very quickly attain expertise from around many different companies to come into the school because it's so small. So that's probably one of the one of the key things you also got plus obviously concentration of tech companies to little Gibraltar two and a half miles long. You're looking at a massive amount of concentration wise there's loads of people who can help help us out. So again, although they're envious of us and they wish many I think anyone would wish that Again, having private sector, up-to-date, cyber experts coming to school and teaching children, that is the best setup you can have. There's, again, when you teach and stuff like that, you've got specifications and you've got things like that, some of them are, are outdated because that's just the nature of things. You look at degrees by the time somebody leaves uh, a three-year degree, the first-year stuff is almost irrelevant because obviously as how quickly things go, especially in, in tech industry. So to have people who are working this day in, day out with up-to-date stuff, it's a, it's it's the best setup I can actually think of, and I think many people in UK are envious of the fact 
that we are able to get so many experts to get these kids ready. Again, you look at it, you think, hey, maybe one year we had just a good, good batch of kids. But to do it year in, year out, something must, must be, there must be something good. The recipe is it's the right recipe, you know? So I think it's that. I think it's just the fact that you've also been so small and having so much talent around, be able to, to pull from these companies is what has actually made it so, so, so like, successful. But you have been recognised for your work that you've done here, haven't you? I, I believe you were, were honoured in the New Year's Honours this year with a Gibraltar Award for your services to, to teaching. That, that must have been uh, quite a high point for you. It, it was very unexpected and, and I couldn't take... Although it was, obviously, in my name, I can't just take the full credit. In the day, I know that I'm sort of the person on the front page, but again, the people who are working behind the scenes, you know, the, um, I've got Lewis, I've got Rich, I've got Jose who work in, in the in BWIN uh, group. And then we've got my other teacher, I've got Louis Gordon and, and Tom Tahir, I've got Caitlin Marsden. There are so many people in the background who are also working as flat out as what I am. So again, although I got it, I was very proud of the fact I got it. Again, I had to look around and think, well, they deserve it too. It's not just me. So although I'm the, the person at the front, there are, it wasn't for everybody else behind me, then nothing would have happened. No kids would have achieved his internship the world would never have happened, we wouldn't have won anything. So again, there's a lot of people, a lot of cogs involved, not, 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 not just me. Well, what does the future <coughs> hold then for, for your, your group of students at the moment? You have a, another competition this year to, to aim for? We've got competition. We've got, again, we've just done the final round. We're hoping to, by the looks of projected, looking at the scores, we should be getting a number of teams to the grand finals again this year round. So this will be the the fourth grand final. I was of the five times we've competed with the fourth time at the grand finals. So that would be super good. And then we've also got other stuff coming our way. So obviously we've, we've just signed up for the GCHQ uh, girls only competition. So we've got a team of, of young year eight girls who we're going to put in for that competition. We've got Cyber Discovery Pro, which we're running as well. And then other things will, will, come, will come through too. Again, we're looking at new curriculum. Again, you look at the, the, the wider scope of the education. You, you, you want the school systems, and they are, to, to start developing this, this type of work. So we're looking at the new curriculum, where there's going to be the new digital curriculum, which I believe will have many aspects to do with tech and will help prepare our kids with, with the right qualifications to go and start stepping into, into, into the tech world. So again, it's going to get big. My thanks go to Stuart Harrison and students Owen and James for speaking to me during their lunch break cyber club a few weeks ago. Since I spoke to them, there has been an update on this year's competition. Over 200 teams entered this year's contest from across the UK and three teams of young people from Gibraltar are through to the finals. Two are in the over-14s category, one an all-boys team and the other a mixed team. And the third successful team is a mixed team which got through to the under-14s category. The finals take place in London next month and I'll bring you an update on how they get on later on in the series. Good luck to you all. Thanks go to you for listening. Don't forget to follow Gibraltar Stories on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and tell me what you think of the podcast using the hashtag Gibraltar Stories. You can subscribe to Gibraltar Stories on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and Spotify. That way you won't miss out on any new episodes. And if you'd be kind enough to rate and review the podcast, that will hopefully mean that other people should be able to find it more easily in future. I'll be back again next week with another Gibraltar story for you. Until then, bye for now and thanks for listening. Listener.